We're here to share the success stories of people who took the opportunity to join the trades and how these opportunities can be achieved by anyone looking for success. Hey everyone, Middle of the Res Road, back again. We're here with Chi Maingen, also known as Herb Fine Day. Which one do you prefer, to be honest? Uh, I prefer to be called Chi Maingen. Okay. I just kind of like transition into... uh, and to using that name now, um, I consider Herb Fine Day, you know, kind of like my my schoolhouse name or my government name. But uh, <laughs> doing a little bit of decolonizing with the work that I do, so I do prefer to be called Chi Maingan. Okay, well, we'll keep that in mind. We'll All right, keep this interview going. Go cool. Um, before we get into that, Alyssa has some information about the powwows. So this weekend is the Fond du Lac Veterans Powwow. Uh, that will be Friday the 8th, Saturday the 9th, and Sunday the 10th. I'm excited for this one. Isn't there a 5K before on Friday? There's a 5K that's going to take nope. place on Saturday. 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 So they just added um, a traditional lacrosse game yesterday. So oh, that, really? that instruction will be taking place by Tom Howes. And uh, I believe the Brookson Center is going to be coming out with all their uh, lacrosse sticks. So... Um, that's always a fun time too. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'll have to sit that one out. I wish I could take play, uh, <laughs> participate in that. Yeah. Then. So the the five k um, starts at the Sawyer Center at eight a.m. is registration, and the event starts at nine. Oh, okay. fun! I think it'll be a good time. We'll post everything to our Facebook too. Yeah. So you guys know and can keep track. Check it out. Also, Morgan. With our trivia, our trivia question for today is. It is a good one. Okay, so here it is. What city has the highest Native American population? So think on it, and at the end of the episode, we will revisit the answer. Also, you got a new job recently. How's that been going? I did get a new job, so I accepted uh, an executive director position with the MNTCC, which is the Minnesota Tribal Contractors Council. Um. So it's me and one other gal, so we are co-executive directors. Um, I just started it on Friday, and it was kind of with the holiday weekend. I didn't get to right, dive sure right in, so it's kind of just, it's slow. So, But I'm excited. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Well, I hope it goes good. Yeah, so, so if you don't see Morgan very often in our lives or yeah, on social media, events. she will be here part-time. Yeah. Cool. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm excited. Be a good challenge and new opportunities. So, I was going to um, say other events this weekend. Um, the Duluth Fireworks are Friday at 1010. And then Movie in the Park um, at Leaf Erickson Park. They're playing Sing 2. That's mm. at Friday at 920. Good family outings, right? Did you guys, any of you guys go to the Cloquet Fireworks? <laughs> I did not. No. I did not make it, no. Um, we did, yeah. 
Yeah. So did I. We sat down at Spafford. Yeah, we went to the veterans last night, catched a little bit of the Peanuts movie, and my kids loved it. Did you All guys right. do anything over the holiday weekend? I saw you were at a powwow. I was in Red Cliff all weekend. Yeah, yeah we left on Thursday. Uh, I know for my family, Red Cliff is always one of our favorite powwows to go to. And usually when we head out to Red Cliff, um, we'll leave in like the middle of the week, like Wednesday. And we usually don't return home till after the 4th. You know, we like to go out to Madeline Island and go out to La Pointe, Wisconsin and watch their parade there. And then uh, either go into Bayfield or to Cornucopia and watch their fireworks display. But uh, we were watching the weather. And uh, while we were at the powwow on Sunday, it started the rain, and it didn't look like it was going to clear up till into Monday or Tuesday. So we just decided to pack up and come home. And we went up to uh, Brookston for their parade. Oh, Went up back to the old stomping grounds up in Brookston. (laughs) (laughs) They always have good festivities up there. Yeah, it's always a good time there. Mm -hmm. Do they have the fireworks? No, they actually canceled the fireworks. Oh, they did? Yeah, and that, from what I understand is that uh, their city council is going to vote on if they're going to have a fireworks display this year or if they're going to roll over that funding for next year's fireworks display and just have a bigger fireworks. Oh, oh that'd be cool. So, I'm going there next year. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when they were, when I was, uh, when they were telling me about that. That's, well, that's, that's to keep in your keeping in the back of your mind. Yeah, and, and you know, my family and I, that's usually our summertime, that's what it's filled with is uh, we go to powwows just about every single weekend. And, uh, you know, there's a big one coming up here at the Final Lake Veterans Powwow, and I'm excited to have that one back. The, it's the 27th Fond du Lac Veterans Powwow. So, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be making my MC debut that Ooh, weekend. Woo. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um the MC now, Les Gibbs, he actually, uh, he chose me to be a co-MC with him. So it wasn't the powwow committee. The powwow committee approached Les Gibbs and asked him, um, say, hey, is there anybody out there that you want to work with? And uh, Les and I have been talking, you know, back and forth for the last couple of years. And he was saying, hey, Herb, do you ever do you ever want to uh, MC? And I said, yeah, I've actually considered it. And, uh, and at that time, he said... Uh, when they chose him, he he approached me and asked me, and I said, absolutely, I would love to. So, Well, cool. Yeah, I'm excited for this weekend. Got your jokes on point? Got my jokes <laughs> on point, yeah. So uh, I, I think that's the biggest the biggest thing going around right now is like, Herb, you got all your jokes ready, <laughs> you got all your dad jokes ready, so I'm sure we're going to have a lot of auntie and uncle jokes this weekend. I can't wait for this powwow. I know, it's almost one of the reasons why I go mm-hmm. to the powwow, just sit there and listen to the MC crack jokes exactly you know and that's uh that's what i do too and and i've paid a lot closer attention to all of the mcs this year now that i've i've um been chosen to be an mc for the fun like veterans power you know now that i think about it too there's there's kind of a lot of pressure on that you know to be an mc in your hometown or your home reservation you know it's kind of like yeah um you get up there and you get on the mic right away. You're in front of all your peers and around all the people that you've grown up around. And, uh, you know, whereas I don't have that opportunity to be invited by a different community and, and not be so, I guess, known in that community. So now I, I just um, kind of like thrown to the wolves, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do great. Yeah. Good yeah. vibes. Send Thank you. Your way. So are you going to dance? No, Are I won't be able. Nope, I'm not going to dance at all either. And uh, when I travel around the powwows too, I, I uh, kind of watch what uh, 
if they have any dance specials or anything like that, because, you know, when I go to powwows, I, I love to dance. That's uh, one of the things that uh, draws me to powwows is, is dancing. Um, I'm a grass dancer, and I'm also a woodland dancer. And uh, the powwows that I've been traveling to this year, I've been looking for either woodland specials or dance contests or else grass dance contests. And uh, I'm on a streak right now. Every powwow that I've, I've gone to, I've either placed um, – uh, first, second, or third, and uh, uh, coming to the Fond du Lac Veterans Power, they're having a, a huge woodland contest, and I've been inviting all my woodland friends, all of my woodland fellow woodland dancers to come up and, and showcase their moves, and I've been telling them, hey, I'm going to sit this one out, guys. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of them are like, yeah, I, I, I we'll, we'll make it up, and I'm glad that uh, we'll not be competing against <laughs> you. <laughs> That's what I was about to say, glad they're not dancing against you yeah <laughs> with that being said you've have you grown up on Fond du Lac yeah so I kind of back and forth between Fond du Lac and the White Earth Reservation my my dad is a Fa, uh, White Earth enrollee and my mom is a Fond du Lac enrollee and uh, when I was born I was born in Duluth and we immediately moved out to White Earth and I lived out there till I was probably 10 11 years old and we moved out to Fond du Lac full-time um around the, that age and uh we moved down Monoman Road. Oh. <laughs> and uh I, so I, I say that I'm a I'm a Brookston kid. I say that I'm uh, born and raised in Brookston once I come to Fond du Lac and I call that place home and that's where I call home today is uh Shkibakaning. And that's Brookston. That's where I live today. That's where I raised my family. Um but in the summertime when I moved out to Fond du Lac uh, growing up in in grade school and high school as uh, soon as school was out, I was on my way to White Earth, and I spent all summer in White Earth, and uh, once uh, school had started, I was back at Fond du Lac and going to school here, so I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, home, and their property on the Round Lake. Um, Round Lake, it's just outside of Ponsford, Minnesota, and uh you know, I call my, my company, my business that I run now, my art company, Round Lake Traditions. And the reason why I call it that is because of all of the uh, um, culture and heritage that was taught to me while I lived there and while I grew up there. So I, I kind of, I honor that place by calling myself or my company Round Lake Traditions. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, I love that. When you said Round Lake, I was like, it kind of popped up a, a bulb. I was like, is that why? Yeah, and it, 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 it gets Confused with uh, Round Lake, Wisconsin. It's uh, Round Lake, Wisconsin is another, um, we'll say, important stopping place for the Ojibwe people. And uh, there's a lot of ceremony that's held out in Round Lake, Wisconsin today. And uh, some people I, will ask me if that's uh, where I come from. And I, I just correct them and say, no, it's on the White Earth Reservation just outside of Ponsford. Yeah, I have a lot of family from Round Lake and Maple Plain, that area. Yeah, yep. yep. That's a place where it gets often confused for. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's from Wisconsin. Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. Which place feels more like home for you then, Fond du Lac or White Earth? I'll say Fond du Lac, you know, just because I've been here so long. Um, there was a point in my life where I lived in the city of Cloquet here for a while when I was an adult. And uh, I finally had the opportunity to move out onto um, the reservation and uh, it just so happens that I got to move out into Brookston, uh, just a couple miles down from Monoman Road, my old stomping grounds. And um, I was extremely happy uh, th to be back out in Brookston. 
and to call that place home again, you know. And uh, but growing up on Fond du Lac, this is um, my roots. I'm an enrolled Fond du Lac member. Um, I've been active in this community since uh, since I moved here when I was 10, 11 years old, and um, it's it's a place that I enjoy, and I, I enjoyed it so much as um, you know I've worked for the reservation for uh, most of my adult um, most of my adulthood, and uh, growing up here, I, I figured this is where I'm going to uh, where I'm going to stay, and this I've always called it home, and it will always remain home. So growing up on the Fond du Lac Reservation and now raising your kids on the Fond du Lac Reservation, is that sp- something special to you? Absolutely. It's absolutely special to me. Um, <clears throat> my family, you know, I, I say that we, our lives revolve around the uh, the seasons. You know, we got summertime here to, you know, there's a lot of gathering in the summer. Fall time's coming. Once fall comes, you know, we'll be harvesting our rice and our manoomin here. Um, that the, that's the start of our hunting season, so we'll be harvesting our animals here. And then once the winter comes, you know, it, um, we'll uh, we'll travel around sometimes for winter, but also we'll go to a big drum ceremony in the fall and a big drum ceremony in the spring. And once springtime comes, you know, we we have our sugar bush. So, uh, and that's it's important for me to to pass that stuff down to my children to know that this is the lifestyle that we're that was meant for us and uh you know whether it's finishing rice finishing manoomin or boiling that sugar down or harvesting animals it's uh what's important to me and we do that out at our homestead um with every season that comes around can you tell us a little bit more about your family yeah so um we live out on like i said brookston we have uh, five children one of my old our oldest daughter um, my wife and I, we have a blended family. So um, we got married in January 16th of 2016 is when we got married. So it was an easy one, 116-16. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> but uh, I brought two daughters to the relationship, and she brought two sons to the relationship. And then uh, we have a daughter of our own together who's five years old. My two daughters, one's 20 now. She lives on her own. She bought a house with her per cap that she received from Fond du Lac, so um, I'm very proud of that. Good for her. That's a good investment. Yes. And then uh, I have a 13-year-old daughter, and uh, we have two sons. One is 17. He's driving, so we don't see him very much. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have an 11-year-old boy and uh, and a 5-year-old daughter. Fun. Is she going to kindergarten this year? Yeah, she's going to kindergarten at Fond du Lac. Um we got two of our kids who are going to be running for a royalty out at the Final Lake Veterans Powwow. That's going to be our five-year-old and eleven-year-old uh, boy. Cute. Yeah, it. it'll be a good time. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So, as a child growing up on the reservation, what did you want to be when you grew up? Honestly, growing up on the reservation and uh, going to—I went to public school. I, I went to the um, Albrook School. I graduated from mm. Albrook. I graduated from Albrook in 1994, and I um, I excelled in art, and uh, I had a great art teacher there, and uh, I wanted to be an artist when I grew up, and here I am today as an artist. But then there was a there was a time in my life though uh, when I was thinking, growing back, growing up here on Fond du Lac, and seeing a lot of our 
a lot of crime and things like that. And I thought, you know, it would be cool to be a, a cop here on the Fond du Lac Reservation. So I actually went to school and I became a, a law enforcement officer with Fond du Lac. And I started that job in January of 2000. Oh, wow. And I just retired from that in 2019. And when I retired in 2019, I decided to start my company, Round Lake Traditions. So <clears throat> I was a law enforcement officer for nearly 20 years. And that was a huge portion of my life. And uh, I got to meet a lot of people through that through that position and a lot of great people. I made a lot of great friendships with uh, with community members and also with, you know, with businesses too. And uh, it's, it's something that I enjoyed. And then there was a time where I just thought, you know, I've always wanted to be an artist and now is my chance. And I'm still going to do it while I'm young. So I made that transition to be an artist. That's awesome that you're, mm-hmm. that you were able to pursue your dream, mm-hmm. your childhood dream anyway. Yeah. And uh, I haven't looked back since that day when I made that decision. And uh, some days I wake up and I go to work and I think, I wish I would have started this sooner. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, so what does your typical day look like as a business owner for Round Lake Traditions? Well, I get up at 5 a.m. Oh. No, I'm not kidding either. <laughs> oh. so, <laughs> I usually wake up between 5 and 6 a.m. and I'll go to the gym and I'll get a workout in. Um, I, I'll probably work out for a couple hours a day. And then uh, I try to be in my studio by around 8 and uh, I'll start my day in my studio around 8 a.m. And I'll work typically till about 4, 4.30. And then uh, I'll go through um, my sales that I made on my website, and then I'll start packaging that stuff up in the evening. And uh, I'll visit the family once they come home. With If school's in, I'll play with the kids. Uh, if my wife, you know, she's just getting off work at that time too. So we'll sit down and, and talk about our day and, uh, you know, cook dinner together, things like that. And then... Uh, once we kind of decompress and, and, you know, clean up a little bit after dinner and things like that, then I start packaging stuff up from the website sales and getting those ready for the outgoing mail the next day, you know, kind of going through my books, things like that in the evening. And then uh, try to re- retire a little bit early between <laughs> 9 and 10, but it's, uh, it's every day is filled with something. You know, you're always doing something from, from the time, moment you get up to the, to the time you go to bed and... My wife kind of jokes around that, hey, when I was the chief of police for Fond du Lac, she says, I barely saw you then. And now that you're running your own business, I still barely see you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be the opposite. Yeah. You would think so, but uh, it still holds true. Um, So you you were talking about your studio. Do you have your own studio? Like, or is it in your house or an office space? Yeah, it's it's, uh, my own studio. When I retired in 2019... Um, I was actually working out of my basement at that time, and uh, I was getting kind of cramped, running out of space with all of my stuff coming in and putting in orders and, you know, box and supplies and things like that. And I thought, I need my own space. And I had this um, 16 by 16 concrete pad that was behind my house that used to be equipped with a hot tub. I never had a hot tub on it, though. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, you know that pad there is going to be perfect if I was able to build a studio there. So I ended up putting a studio up there myself. And I built yeah. it myself in that fall of 2019, and I had that up within 18 working days. Oh, my 18 gosh. Days. 18 working days, yes. Oh, my goodness. And I was uh, moved in. I started in September, and I was moved in by the middle of October. 
That's crazy. That's some motivation right there. Yeah. Uh, my wife always jokes around with me that, uh, you know, you never sit down, Herb. You never take a minute. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes if I do sit down, uh, I rarely watch TV. Um, and if I do sit down, I'm thinking that uh, I should be doing something. You know, <laughs> I, I need to be doing something productive. So if I do watch TV, I usually watch it while I'm on the treadmill or something. So you have a variety of things that you sell from T-shirts, hats, ribbon skirts, ties. You do a lot. What are your favorite things to to make? I have, a few, yeah, I have a few favorite things that I love working on. I love working on uh, dance regalia and uh the reason why I like working on dance regalia so much is that uh, when I travel around the powwows and, and people will approach me and say, hey, Herb, can you make can you make a jingle dress? Or how about a vest for me? Or some dance aprons? Or or some leggings? And uh, they'll say, if I had those leggings, you know, it'd get me back out in the dance arena. And uh, traveling around to those powwows and seeing those people that, that are wearing the stuff that I've made and, you know, knowing that I had a little bit of of them getting back out dancing again, you know, that's very fulfilling to me. And that's why I enjoy doing this so much. And that's why I love making dance regalia. When I design T-shirts or neckties or anything like that, and I put those on my website, you know, that's I use that as kind of like a supplemental income so that I can do all of my custom work and, and, you know, work on those orders to get those out, whether it's ribbon skirts or uh, velvet vests or aprons and and jingle dresses, you know, and beadwork. So I can uh, take those orders in and I can rely on my website to, I guess, supplement that income that, you know, that I'm kind of losing because I'm concentrating so much on this other stuff. I heard regalia takes a really long time to make. <clears throat> yeah, so some of the stuff that I wear today, you know, it's I've been working on for, you know, six, seven years. And uh, when people say that, hey, I've ach- accumulated all this stuff, over a lifetime, it, it's true. It holds true that, you know, sometimes it takes some of these traditional dancers and some dancers to to get some of their regalia, and it does take a, take a lifetime. You know, it's not something that happens overnight or it's not something that just happens over the winter. It takes a long time to put pieces together. And when you see a dancer out there with uh, a lot of that intricate beadwork and, and know that you can you can tell which ones have spent a lifetime of putting their stuff together and and it shows so what's your have you made regalia of all kinds yeah i've made regalia from all types of uh i make head roaches one of the first classes that i've ever taught on fond du lac was making head roaches and uh, i'll explain a head roaches it's uh it's Base for men, and it kind of looks like a crown, and uh, it's made out of porcupine guard hair, the longer strands of hair on a porcupine. So it's not the porcupine quills, it's the hair, and you pluck all of that hair off of a porcupine, and you tie all those strands together on, we'll say, like a 26-inch yarn base, and uh, tying all those pieces of porcupine guard hair, you probably have a million pieces on there. Dang. A million pieces of, of guard hair. So, and then also you, you also have deer tail hair on that from the white-tailed deer. You have, uh, um, from the deer tails, you, you take the white parts of that, the deer tail, and you tie that onto the yarn base too and sew that on there and that sew that all together. 
And that's how you make your porcupine head roaches. And that was one of the first classes that I've taught on Fond du Lac was teaching people how to make one of those. And it was something that I was taught when I was young. And uh, one of those pieces will take you, uh, if you're a good porcupine roach maker, it'll take you probably 40 to 50 hours to make one. Wow. So a lot of the work that I do, um, sometimes people will say, hey, can you have this done for me next week? It's like, <laughs> no, absolutely, no. <laughs> absolutely not. And we'll say, hopefully I can get to it within a couple of months, you know, just with some of the orders that come in because I'm working on other people's stuff too. Yeah. Um, I'm working on uh, two vests and a set of aprons right now, and I've been working on those for, you know, a couple of weeks. So it's, uh, to say that it's it's time consuming is is I guess an understatement you know mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of time and energy that goes into these pieces and uh, I'm one of those people that feel that you know what I what I'm feeling that day you know um, if I'm having those good vibes I'm I'm able to work and put those feelings into that but let's say I'm having a bad day or something and things are not going so smooth I'm gonna take a break from what I'm doing and uh, you know once my heart is full again then I'll go back to work and start working on those yeah. those pieces what is the piece that took the longest to make? I did a fully beaded bandolier bag last year. And uh, this bandolier bag, um, it measured 18 by 18 inches. And also the strap was uh, 60 inches by 5 inches. And that probably took me over, I would say, right around 1,000 to 1,200 hours to complete that. And that's fully beaded. Fully beaded. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's over in Mille Lacs now to a gentleman. Wow. uh, Hopefully he's coming up to Fond du Lac here. I hope he brings a bag with him. (laughs) That'd be cool to see, yeah. Yeah. And it's (coughs) to see some of my pieces go out the door or put them in the mail too, you know, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Just because of of how much of myself went into that work. You know, mm-hmm. and to see it go, but then also it's fulfilling to know that, hey, I've uh, I've completed a legacy piece for somebody out there to enjoy for a lifetime. And then I think you know you see a lot of bandolier bags, you know, stuffed away in museums and things like that. And those were great bead workers too at that time, you know. And maybe were they thinking, where is this bandolier bag going to end up someday? You know, and I think of that stuff too when I'm making my. Uh, making my pieces is where is this going to be in 40 years? Where is this going to be in 50 years? Or how about 100 years? Mm-hmm. You know, so I make sure to put um, just a little bit of piece of, of me on there so people know that I made this, whether it's uh, my name tag or a symbol of Round Lake Traditions. And, you know, each one of those pieces have something on there that, that indicate either Herb Finde or Chi Mainga in our Round Lake Traditions so that... Uh, you know, if, if they're unpacking this bag in a museum, you know, 150 years from now, you know, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be traveled on. But at that moment, they're going to say Round Lake Traditions, Archie Mayingan. And just for that, for that, you know, two or three seconds, you know, I'll be alive again. Where did you learn to be such a great artist? And when? How long? So I have had many, many teachers along the way. And, uh. My grandfather was a trapper and a leather worker. And also he carved a lot of stuff with uh, with wood, things like that. My grandmother was a bead worker. My mother was a sewer. So 
I learned by watching all of them. Uh, my father, he was a great, um, we'll say graphic artist, you know, working with uh, graphite, charcoal, things like that. So he taught a lot. Um, he taught me a lot, too. And he actually taught me how to see in 3D, you know, three dimension and not make everything 2D. So a lot of my drawings and paintings and things like that come from him. All of my sewing comes from my mother. Aww. All of my beadworking comes from my grandmother, you know, and my leather work comes from my grandfather, you know. And uh, so that's where it all comes from. And it's one of those things of uh, it's a lifetime education. And uh, I, I didn't learn it overnight. And it's one of those things that uh, I just learned by watching them over time, you know, s- since I was a child. And uh, At that time, I didn't even realize it was artwork, you know, <laughs> watching them do, the, do their thing. And mm-hmm. um, as I get older and, and, and uh, you know, people are wanting these pieces. And I was like, I know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. So I would start putting stuff out there and people would be, would purchase it. And uh, so, like, yeah, like I said, I didn't consider it art until... Uh, Till I knew there was a demand. I just thought it was just everyday life, everyday life for us. So before you decided to retire as a cop for FDL, were you making stuff while you were a cop as well? Yeah, I was, actually. Um, I did a lot of sewing. Um, I was able to go out to a lot of speaking engagements while I was the chief of police and also an investigator for Fond du Lac. And when I do those speaking engagements, you know, I would, you know, I'd, I'd get nervous, you know, to get up in front of, you know, a couple hundred people and talk. And uh, <clears throat> I started making myself, you know, some of, some applique shirts with uh, some of our Ojibwe insignia on them, whether it was floral work or bear paws. Made a couple neckties with some floral work. And uh, once I started wearing those, you know, it gave me that confidence to know that, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a piece of my culture, a piece of my heritage. And I had that confidence then to be able to go up and, and do the, a lot more public speaking and, and wear those pieces. And people would come up to me after and say, hey, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get that tie? I'd be like, I, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, cool, can you make me one? I was like, yeah, I'll make you one. Aww. So I started making stuff for other people and, and getting it out there. And then I was more and more demand coming in. And then I uh, started talking with my wife. And I was like, you know, I got so many people asking for my stuff. I bet you I could do this full time. <laughs> cool. So that's how I transitioned. And, you know, it was slowly over time as is how it happened. That's awesome. So what's your what's your favorite thing to make? Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say that I have an absolute favorite thing to make. I guess uh, it all depends on the season that we're in. I guess... Like, what do you prefer to do? Would you prefer to beat or paint or make regalia? Yeah, I would say making regalia just because of, of how it feels knowing that people are getting back out there and dancing and healing themselves too is uh, is important to me. And But like I said, I was going back to, you know, it depends on the season too. You right. know, if I'm making knockers or rice knockers or a push pull, you know, there's a lot of not a lot of people out there who know how to make those kind of things, so... Um, summer times here, you know, that's when we harvest our, our stuff to make those, you know, whether it's, um, cedar or, or getting, cutting some pine down for push poles, getting ready for ricing season, or even making macucks out of birch bark. You know, this is time that we harvest our bark too. And, uh, you know, we're going to be working on some moose calls here coming up and preparing for the moose season. So, um, 
it all depends on on what type of year it is or what time of year it is that uh on things that i make when you're making your regalia do you draw inspiration then from the seasons or from family or that's a great question um so if we think about our people and where our ojibwe floral comes from you know uh we're a woodland people, you know, we come from the woods and uh, a lot of those designs and a lot of those flower designs are just things that we see while we're out, um, out, out in the woods. Um, you know, whether it's a dogwood rose or a wild tulip and those are put on our, our clothing and whether it's a leaf or something, but also I'll, I'll sit and talk with people for a little bit or message them back and forth, a couple of emails, just to kind of gauge of who they are as a person, kind of talk about where they come from. You know, some people through those conversations will tell me their Ojibwe or their spirit name, Ojibwe name, and what it means or if there's a meaning behind it. Sometimes they'll tell me their clan. And uh, I'll incorporate those pieces on there if I'm able to. And uh, whether it's their Ojibwe name or their spirit name and their clan, I'll put those on those. And uh, I'll also uh, incorporate my floral work on those too. So my floral work, though, when I talk about that and uh, people ask me, hey, can I borrow this flower or can I use that design? And I tell them, I said, absolutely, you can use it because these designs are not mine. You know, they're gifts from the creator. And that's where we got our designs from. It was from the creator. So you go ahead and, and use those designs as much as you want, you know. And 100% of my pieces that I make, they're all original and I'm never going to make the same one again. Right. So whether it's going to be hard and difficult to copy my stuff anyway. <laughs> You're just that good? Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm that good. It's just that I'm not, I'm, every one of those, every one of my handmade pieces are going to be original to be from, from the beginning. So that's why I say that. <laughs> Do you have like a hot, like a big seller or a hot seller or like custom orders, your most thing that you get asked to make? Ribbon skirts and, and velvet vests are my two top things that I, that are asked to make. As far as my website goes, um, I don't want to say that I have one top seller. I have an honor to the treaties, um, long sleeve, black long sleeve. That's that's um, fairly hot right now. And I have a couple of neckties and my medicine keeper necktie with a bear paw on it. That's pretty hot too. So a lot of people buy those neckties. And that uh, the honor to the treaties, um, long sleeve tee. Okay. What's your website? So My website is www.roundlaketraditions.com. Easy peasy. Cool. Yeah. Check it yeah, out. I've seen, uh, instead of the We the People, it's We the Savages. Yeah, I have oh, that. I, <laughs> I have that one too. Um, we the Savages. Um, I get kind of a little bit of slack for that. Sometimes uh, some negative feedback because people ask me, you know, if I'm anti-American because I make something like that, you know, and or... or you know, I, I made a post on my Facebook the other day. Um, of My Facebook is Round Lake Traditions, and I also have an Instagram called Round Lake Traditions. And there was a picture of me dancing. And uh, my hashtag on there was uh, remain merciless even today, or especially today, and stay savage, especially today. <laughs> and I made that on the 4th of July. A couple of messages come in, you know, what do you mean by that? You know, are you anti-American, anti-4th of July? And I'm by no means not anti-American. You know, I love this country. I love where we live. Um, I love our people. 
I love our communities. Um, and I say, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti-government. I'm just pro-Native American. You know, and, and we're referred as merciless Indian savages by the direct declaration of independence, you know. And sometimes being an artist, you know, you, you, you need to have a little bit of, uh, I guess, a little bit of pushback sometimes, you know. And, and that's my We the Savages um, shirt that I've made. You know, that's part of that. You go, you walk around, you see a lot of we the people, we the people, and sometimes there's a certain demographic or a certain, oh, I'll say a certain uh, political group that, you know, maybe they don't include Native American community in that by those sayings of, of we the people, you know, it's just them only. So when I say, well, I'm going to make one that's we the savages. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's awesome. Me too. So yeah, that's where that comes from, you know, a little bit of a side story of meaning behind that, so. So do you have any goals or where you'd like to see your business in the future? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm working on some print stuff now. I have my own uh, capabilities of making my own t-shirts, making my own hats, like uh, the hat you're wearing with that, with that patch up there. The, the hat, the Honor of the Treaties hat that I'm wearing right now, this is one of my products that I make. So I'm able to print my own hats. Um, I can buy in bulk and uh, put patches on, on hats and also on on t-shirts and not just t-shirts too i mean we can even go into um like coolers and soft side coolers things like that um fanny packs i can do that those type of things too side question did you how did the design get on your hat of the the diamond the Is diamonds that? i actually found this hat online i bought it in bulk um so i bought you know many hats like this and i just decided that i was going it's from Double Portion Supply. I oh. guess they're based out of Hawaii. Oh, cool. I like um, the design. It looks kind of like your that's tattoo. Exa- <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I picked it out. Oh, you cool. know, and I got another hat on the website that's red that um, has the, the Polynesian um, tribal design on it with uh, we uh, honor the treaties patch that I have. I also have another one with the uh, same design that says carnivore on it. Um, that's kind of important to me too, being a carnivore. I, I I only eat meat. You know, I'm not one of those people. I don't. Uh, I'm not big in the vegetables, or I'm not big <laughs> into. I'm not big into pasta, anything like that. You know, um, I'll say 98% of my diet is just meat, eggs, and salt, and water, and repeat. <laughs> no mashed potatoes. Going no mashed potatoes either. <laughs> I love mashed potatoes. <laughs> I couldn't give it up. <laughs> So we will definitely be putting an order in for some some of your merch. And awesome. You know, anybody who, who wants to put in an order, I tell them that, uh, you know, I'm usually backed up by at least three to four months. So keep that in mind, too. What's the best way to contact you? Best way to contact me is you can either send me an email at uh, it's still Herb Fine Day at roundlaketraditions.com. I haven't transitioned uh, Chi Mayingan yet on there but herb fine day at round lake traditions.com you can email me there or you can also message me at uh, my facebook page round lake traditions or on instagram at round lake traditions well cool well thanks for coming out and talking with us and sharing a little bit more about your business yeah thank you for inviting me out yeah it was it was interesting to hear your story and mm-hmm. more about the artwork that you do create it's awesome thank you so yeah, much thank you and we'll be I know I'll be at the powwow. 
listening to you, MC. Yeah. <laughs> we'll awesome. see you there. <laughs> Great. All righty. Um, well, we did all our updates already. So. Well, not, not all of them. I know. We got to get to the answer. Oh, the answer to the trivia. The answer to the trivia. Okay. So the trivia question was, what city has the highest Native American population? So, Do yeah, I was, I was thinking the, my guess or my answer is going to be Chicago. Chicago. That's a good one. I got to say it's, I'm going to say Anchorage, Alaska. Lou? Um, maybe like Oklahoma, like Oklahoma City. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one, too. Okay. The answer, according to Indian Country Today, is New York City. So, the largest city in the country also has the largest indigenous population with over 100,000 people, Native American people. Oh, wow. I never would have... It's a shocker. Yeah. So, yeah, I just play the numbers game, one of the most populated cities in yeah. the, in the <laughs> country. What they got, 20.2 20, like, 20. million? Something like um, that? Something I don't like know. that, yeah. They got a lot of people there. I've never been there, so I can't imagine how seeing New York City like that big. Well, we can go <laughs> there and see a lot of natives anyway. I guess we'll fit right in. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, as we're wrapping up, don't forget to check out the Fond du Lac powwow, and make sure you check out Round Lake Traditions. Even though Chimayengan is backed up, <laughs> still <laughs> fill out those orders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah show them uh, some love and some support. Yeah, I also I put some custom work on on my website too that you can purchase directly off of there. Just some dance regalia stuff that'll actually move you up a little bit on. Oh, there of you stuff, go. So. Oh, I that's if it's available. Little insider I did tip. Ask though, um, that bandolier bag that you made. Yeah, do you have pictures of it? I do have pictures of it on Round Lake Traditions oh, Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, you can go on there and see them. Yeah, so make sure you check out the artwork. And from all of us here at Middle of the Res Road, see you next week. See ya. Bye. Oh, Gigawabaman. <laughs>